Two weeks can make a lot of difference when you're recovering from nearly being blown up. Catherine Farrows, psychological analyst for the NYPD and part-time vigilante, almost felt normal by the second weekend after her insane misadventure in New York's harbor. As she woke up and rolled over that morning, the first thing she thought was, that doesn't hurt anymore, good sign. Next to her, Tom, Thomas Ambrose, covert millionaire and exile from a hideously corrupt family, lay sleeping on his side. Back, a wall of muscle between her and the sunrise, showing through the penthouse window beyond. The last of his bruises had faded to yellow shadows, definitely promising. They weren't quite healed, the both of them, but they were close enough. Soon enough, the black mask and the blue fury would be roaming the rooftops of New York City once again, making life very hard for members of the pederastic secret society known as Ganymede. If, of course, they could actually find Ganymede's members. Just under three weeks ago, their ally Fatal had released a list of those members to local police lieutenant Brian Andrews, who ran the precinct handling both the Ganymede case and the Black Mask vigilante murder case. In response, Andrews had admonished the police under his control to start harrying the identified Ganymede members over every possible small legal violation they could in order to hamper their activities while the courts fought over their larger crimes. In return, Ganymede had kidnapped him, shot him full of drugs, and tried to ruin his reputation by making him set dressing in a child porn film. Tom, Catherine, and their allies Jason Leong and Fatal had rescued him, but he had nearly died of an overdose. Now he was back on his feet as well, but the people on that list somehow vanished entirely from the public eye. They weren't at home. They didn't visit their own businesses or holdings. Fatal couldn't find a trace of any of them online, not for weeks. Catherine knew why they were lying low. Not only was the Black Mask and his team moving in on them, but so were the increasingly unruly and pissed off NYPD. But it begged the question, where had those bastards gone? She got up and went to take a shower, crossing the blonde wood floor and humming to herself. She'd lived in a lot of Tom's secret safe houses in the last few months. This penthouse in central Manhattan wasn't one of them. Granted, it wasn't in his name, and he owned the entire building and edited the security tapes regularly to admit his and her comings and goings. But it wasn't the Black Mask's place. It was their place, hers and Tom's. Aside from a few pistols for self-defense and an emergency set of their costumes and locked briefcases under the bed, this place stood apart from their callings as vigilantes. It was a love nest, plain and simple. Warm wood tones, lots of windows to let in light, soft drapes blowing, a wraparound balcony, an enormous four-poster bed. Tom had presented it to her as a surprise when he was healing up eight days ago. And it had done a good job of cheering her up. Because sometimes one just had to get away from all reminders of the horror they had to wade through nightly when they went after Ganymede. No heavy Kevlar vests and costumery today or tonight. Just a light wool surplice dress in sea blue to match her eyes and accentuate her generous figure, with her red hair combed out and pulled back into a sloppy braid. She smiled at her reflection in the mirror, glad the bruises around her eyes were gone. She had to wear sunglasses for weeks before this, and had been asked twice if her lover beat her. Only at chess, she had replied, 
which was absolutely true, it was Tom who had put himself bodily between her and the explosion that night. He was the opposite of an abuser. If anything, he endangered himself too much for her at times. She came out of the bathroom and went to check on Tom. He was still profoundly asleep. The sheet and quilt slid down to his hips, letting her admire his magnificent body at leisure. He was white blonde, his skin deeply tanned from work and martial arts practice in the sun, which he liked to do shirtless. Only a few pale curls clung to his chest and tracked down his belly toward his groin. He lay with one arm thrown up across his eyes, face completely relaxed in a way she never saw when he was awake.